Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961 4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Two in URFM's Health and Wellbeing. For our sponsor, Mullen Natural Health Centre, Hamilton. I tell you what, I missed out on vibing with Peter Mullen last week. Wasn't not going to let that happen this week. Peter, good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Look, this week we're going to be talking food. We're going to be talking chicken and eggs. What's the go this week for us? Well, we've got a, a, an interview. I'm going to ring a fellow that um, um, grows chickens to so raise eggs. Or raises chickens to grow eggs. Yeah, you got to run um, the wrong way there. Just get some, just get some more facts because there's a lot of choices when you go to the supermarket. You know, free range, organic, um, um, extra omega threes, um, all sorts of things. So we can try and get back to the basics of what is the best type of egg that we all should be eating. Because they're not all what they're not all what they're all cracked up to be, are they? <laughs> no, that's right. And no. Do, Peter, this week we're actually joined by Simon from Little Hill Farm. We're going to ask him some very important chicken and egg questions, aren't we? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Simon. Hello, Peter. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And thanks so much, as Mark said, for um, coming on the show today. No um, worries. It's probably a, a common food that everybody eats, but I don't think um, we always give it a lot of thought about um, the quality of eggs or where our egg, eggs come from. Um, sure. And one of the, I guess, the, the opening sort of points about eggs is I always sort of think, you know, when choosing a, a good egg, you really have to think about the nutritional and health value of the eggs. But the other thing that I think is really important is the ethics of how the hens have been raised in the first place. So um, we heard we heard about you through our friend Ben from um, Apothecary Kitchen in um, Hamilton, and we know that you supply a lot of your eggs to him. Yeah, that's right. So I just thought it'd be good to have a bit of a chat on the show. Mark's going to interject with pearls of wisdom as we go as well. Okay, no worries. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, Peter. A lot, a lot of pressure. pressure. <laughs> so, Simon, so, um, just, well, just to start with, how did you get into the egg raising business? Um, okay, so uh, in 2015 we bought a farm um, out in Mount Vincent near Mulbring and um, at the, around about the same time our first child arrived and so she was a bit of a catalyst for the change having yep. a you know living on the farms pretty good lifestyle and we wanted that for our kids and we also wanted to spend more time at home you know with with the family and um so to do that we needed to still earn an income and um the idea of raising chooks for eggs was um sort of one of the the options for us because you know, we're pretty small, like, in terms of acreage. Um, so, you know, grazing land and things like that was never going to work. Yeah. Uh, and we needed something, you know, that we could get an income from sort of every week. Um, yeah, so we did a few trials and um, sort of scaled it up a bit um, over the last 12 months. Yeah, okay. How many how many chickens do you have? Uh, we've got 450. Okay. And uh, we keep them in a... Um, like a large trailer, um, so there's heaps of uh, roosting area in the trailer for them. There's a um, a central rollaway nesting box system in there as well uh, that we we've built, and um, yeah, so they they basically get to move around the property. So we just tow the trailer from one spot to the other um, and uh, give them you know nice fresh ground to to forage on. 
Yeah, okay, okay. And so, so with the way you're raising chickens, that's obviously different to some of the other practices employed by some of the other chicken growers or egg raisers? Yeah, I guess the majority of um, egg businesses, you know, run, you know, either a free range or a barn system or, you know, to the other scale, it's, you know, the caged eggs. Um, so that would make up the majority of egg supply in the local area. But there are quite a few sort of smaller guys coming coming around now with, with this sort of system. We generally term it pasteurised yep. um, as opposed to free range. So free range to have meaningful access to the outdoors. We like to say these guys have outdoors with meaningful access to the indoors. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's definitely a difference then between... So free range is not necessarily... Like your chickens are really free range, aren't they? Yeah, well, they get... I guess the key um, difference is that they get that fresh ground. You know, a free range system is usually a fixed infrastructure. Um, you know, so more like a big... Like a big um, so they've got a set area they can roam in, so that yeah, area is not changed That's right, yeah. Daily. Okay. Yep. And so the, it, quite quickly that land becomes barren. You know, the chooks are pretty hard on the ground and, um, you know, unfortunately it, it just ends up being a big dirt patch. They might have some, you know, sort of the other side of the shed that they could use and rest, but for us, you know, they won't see the same patch of ground for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so you know, we just move them around slowly all over the property. And when we were talking the other day, you were talking about, like, some of the other practices... Like with because when when you go to the supermarket, like for the common consumer out there, there's a lot of a lot of different choices with eggs these days. Yeah, there is. Um, I guess I think the labelling's changing soon, so you'll be able to read on your label uh, the stocking density. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so that's a good thing to look out for for people. Um, generally, pasteurised systems are going to have a very very low stocking density. Um, so you know we've got sort of 400 birds per acre. Um, and that's going to be a lot less than what conventional free-range uh, egg product might be um, produced. How at. many? Yes, for sure. How many chickens they might have on the in a much smaller patch of area? Yeah, and, and you know when you've got a dense population of chickens, and you, you there's other issues that pop up. You know, like with um, you know the stressful environment, and yeah. you get things like feather pecking, and um, you know things that kind of require. Um, other chemical inputs to, to control, you know, antibiotics and things like that, just to keep them healthy. So, Simon, what sort of impact does it make on the chicken once they've gone through a more stressful environment to say something that you're employing? Um, well, the chickens, are, when they when they use in this way, so they're kept on fresh ground and get to move away from the, the manure and things like that, they're healthier. Um, you know, they're getting a really good, diverse diet of... Um, you know, natural grasses and bugs and all that sort of stuff. They get, you know, new little dust baths every time I move them and um, all these things add up to a, a healthier bird but also, in in our mind, a healthier product, you know, a more nutritional yeah. product. Yeah, and actually I've got the got some stats on that in the next section but um, okay. it's interesting just with, you know, any animal species, we think about, you know, fertility with us, us Westerners, like that it's dropped quite considerably. So... You know, our environment, what we eat, you know, really does play impact on the, the quality of our eggs and sperm. Yeah. We were talking uh, during the break there, uh, Peter, about some of the things that you can feed the chickens. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Simon, what, what, um, what, do, you, what do you do with your chooks? Um, so, we, we get a customised um, feed uh, for our guys. Um, 
or girls, I should say. Um, <laughs> and, Mostly um, girls. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's a complete feed, so it's got everything they need in there, um, you know, calcium and min- minerals and things like that. We we don't put a artificial um, colourant in the food. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people don't realise a lot of the time they've got a colourant in there, so those yolks are the bright oh, orange. Really? <laughs> yeah, because wow. they've, they've got a dye in it. Yeah, um, oh, that's that's terrible, isn't it? When yeah, you think about that? you're, always, <laughs> you're being when, tricked. When you see um, yellow yolk, you always think, "Oh, gee, these must be um, they must be healthy birds." Really they came from. Birds. Yeah, yeah. It turns out it's, it's paint. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not always the best indication of a good egg. Like they should have a, a variety of different shades of orange and, and yellow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things. Obviously, when they're feeding on grass and you know herbs and things like that, they're going to get a nice um, sort of rich colour as well in that yolk. So yeah. That's always good. That's definitely part of their diet um, on our property is the pasture, so we've got to make sure that that's always in good condition. Simon, what are some of the best ways to keep chickens healthy? I guess you've got a bigger establishment, but even for people who may have a few uh, clucking around the backyard. Yeah, it's. Um, it, I guess it's pretty easy if you can let them free-range the backyard. They're going to be pretty happy with what they can find. Um, they can be pretty destructive in your veggie garden, so maybe just control <laughs> that them, and perhaps even there. use them. There's always the, the option of a little chicken tractor that you can put over the top of your garden bag, and they'll happily turn that soil over and um, you know convert all your old veggies and waste into fertiliser for the next crop. But um, you know we give them things like apple cider vinegar and um, uh, garlic powder sometimes if they need it, but um, you know that's just a free choice thing that they can can take if they want um just keeps them extra healthy so where do you where do you put that like what where you just put it in their water or you have a yeah. separate container with apple cider in it no you can just have uh a, a separate water water with some apple cider in it not a lot you know like for for 10 liters of water you probably only put i don't know 20 mil 30 mil yeah, of apple okay. cider okay yeah and uh and the, the garlic powder we use it's water soluble so you can just mix that in the water as well and we don't have that there all the time for them, but, um, you know, if we think that they could have a little bit of a pick-me-up, then we'll, we'll definitely offer that to them. Yeah, okay. And then and that's that's in comparison with, you know, one of, like, a, a bigger project maybe where they've got um, chickens in sort of a much more confined area and um, then they're having to give them all antibiotics to stop them from... Um, Stop sickness from going through the whole whole. Yeah, farm. it's look. Biosecurity is always an issue, small or large farms. But um, definitely, when you when you're carrying forty thousand birds or more, yeah, um, that's something you can really can take over quite quickly and and destroy a flock. So, in those situations, uh, you, I guess you know it's part of the business is to really um, be prepared with the medications if anything sort of takes hold. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so with a smaller flock, obviously that's a lot easier to manage and. Uh, basically means that we we don't need to use those harsher chemicals yeah gotcha gotcha and it is it is really relevant like when we talk about you know our health as well that you know every cell in our body is affected by you know the the chemicals we come into contact with the environment you know we've talked a lot before about the effects of antibiotics and you know really antibiotics are sort of sneaking into our food source from all sorts of different angles these days which is a worry yeah big worry for our microbiome let alone for the the animals involved it's another reason why we started growing our own food here was so that we knew you know what was in the food that we're eating yeah absolutely (laughs) if you grow it yourself then you obviously you know and chooks are just so easy to have and very rewarding animal to keep in your backyard so 
Simon, once, you, Simon, once you've got to the other end and you've got all the eggs, it might seem a silly question, but what's the best way to store them and how would you recommend we store them at home? Uh, storing eggs, usually, uh, like for shelf life, uh, from the day they're laid, you give them about 40 days. Uh, you can extend that by keeping them, you know, three degrees or under. Um, but... Uh, the, I guess the big factor that can reduce the shelf life of egg is is taking it from the fridge onto the bench and leaving it there for a while, and then putting it back in the in the fridge. And what happens there is you get like a dew that goes that is created on the shell of the egg and, and moisture. And you know, with it getting wet and dry all the time, that's going to significantly reduce the shelf life. So, you know, either keep them sort of 15 degrees, um, sort of roughly room temperature sort of thing, um, or below, and um, and try, if you get them out of the fridge, just uh, make sure you put that carton straight back in. Yeah, wow. wow. Well, so great information, Simon. And if anybody would like to find out a little bit more information about some of the things we've been talking about today, you have a website? We do. Um, the website's www.littlehillfarm.net.au. That's fantastic, Simon. Thanks so much for today. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, My pleasure. One of the things we didn't get to cover was just that the the nutritional value of um, true free-range or pasture-raised eggs is actually, you know, quite significantly better than um, eggs raised that, you know, sort of mass-produced like that. So, but um, thanks so much, mate. And, um, yeah, that really appreciate you coming on and giving us your um, wisdom. We did hear some great uh, information there about chickens and eggs. The only thing we didn't cover, Peter, with, with Simon was what did come first. Was it the chicken? <laughs> or, no. I was waiting for you to ask that question, Mark. No, I went for some more sensible <laughs> options, like where should we store our eggs? How, was, often, how long was, out of the fridge? That was a very sensible question, See, actually. I'm there for thinking, Peter. Peter Marlin, Peter, you're just writing some notes down there. Like, you're not, you're not, the program's nearly over and you're not even prepared yet. <laughs> No, it's just this last minute. Have I got to do your work and my work as well? Well, that wouldn't be a bad idea. That wouldn't be, no, fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little bit of work to do now. Therese's on the phone, and Therese, you want to talk to Peter about some things he covered in last week's program? Uh, yes, I did. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that I'm here on a holiday and um, until the end of the month, and I tried to get an appointment but couldn't. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And, um, so I've... Um, had uh, got ongoing health problems, and I do see a naturopath, um, but I really never get much better. And I've had the things that you talked about, like glandular fever, Ross River fever, yep. Uh, um, yep, and chronic fatigue. And um, I'm, the result is that I have a really low immune system, so I'm always picking up viruses and flus and things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I feel really tired all the time. Yeah. How long have you suffered with this for, Teresa? Um, well, it's probably about 15 years. Um, I've gotten worse. As, yeah, as okay. I've gotten older. Okay. Look, if you, if you, so you, you rang in the office and tried to get an appointment with me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, one of the challenges is I'm, I've come away in this next short period, but how long are you still here for? Until the end of the month. All right, look, if you just ring the office um, just this afternoon and leave your number and ask for me to call you back, yeah. then I might be able to help you out with something. something okay. There. Um, okay. In the, in the meantime, like with, with um, something like what's going on with you, obviously viral load has been a big part of the picture. Yeah. And um, first cab off the rank, I would definitely be, and I'm sure you're doing this already, but I'd be looking at some of the anti um, or immune-raising herbs like um, echinacea, um, a really important herb I find when there's a chronic low viral load is astragalus. 
Right. Have you used herbs like these before? Um, I have echinacea in the past, but not astragalus. Yeah, so astragalus is great whenever there's chronic, um, those low-grade, what we call stealth viruses. Um, uh, so echinacea, astragalus. I'm a big fan, massive fan of vitamin C, particularly if yeah. you're getting sick all the time. Right. And you've got, to take, you've got to take fairly high doses of that as well, up around 4,000 4, milligrams a day. Um, okay. And, but if you, if you give me a call back, I can go over some of these things or we can see what we can work out in the meantime. Okay. But definitely that's, that's how I would look at with your type of chronic fatigue from what you've explained so far. We'd go more from an immune system point of view and a, and, and a stealth, what I call an occult or a stealth viral load. Some great information there for you, Therese. Now, before we finish up today, Peter, just uh, touching once again on eggs, uh, we'd like to just cover a couple of quick things about free-range organic yeah, look, I think I think um, when it when it comes to eggs, I think it's really good to know who your growers are. Mm-hmm. You know, like Simon was saying, even though you know we sort of think of free range eggs as better than caged eggs, um, based on Australian standards, um, the farms are still with free range. The farms can still be overcrowded. Chickens are often debeat, and um, as and so they can't groom and peck the ground. As a result often have them fed on fresh food or grass. So you, you lose a lot of the nutritional value that a good egg supplies. So, so sometimes what, oils ain't oils, as they oils, say. Oils mm-hmm. ain't oils, eggs ain't eggs. And unfortunately, anything that we've got involved with that becomes too mass-produced, I think we, we're going to be the ones that, as well as the animal suffering, we're going to be the ones that are suffering as well. So one of the best places where we get our eggs from is from the um, farmer's markets. So a good place to start and ask some questions there. Yeah, ask, ask some questions, see how the chickens are raised. And as I said, you know, we're a lot more conscious and aware these days. We don't want to eat food from sources that where the animals are treated mis poorly, um, you know, because I think that has an impact upon the health. But, I mean, it's not good for us all to, you know, think that that's the way these animals should be treated. So um, No, less, less of that would be, would be the way to go. And, and we all play a small part in that, even though it's a small part, yeah, don't absolutely. we? absolutely. Just in the decisions and the choices that we make, so... You may make the decision to come along to one of Peter's next talks. There are a few happening in September. Um, what's happening on the 12th, Peter? Well, actually, this is one thing I want, I want to tell you about, too. In September every year, we do what we call our two-week Healthy Habits Challenge. Okay. It's, free, it's a free um, booklet. People can download the booklet from our Facebook or website. We pick a date. We get everybody to register, go onto our Facebook group, and we pick a date, and we all do it together. So two weeks gluten-free, dairy-free, caffeine-free, alcohol-free, take a deep breath, Mark. So is the, is the challenge so because there's four things there, I can just pick two and just not do that, no? <laughs> no, the idea is to, <laughs> to give everybody the opportunity to have a two-week just break from a lot of the foods that create stress on their bodies. Okay. So it's awesome. And what it does, it sort of flips that switch in your brain. It gets you a good six to 12 months. And even with Therese, who we were just talking to, Doing, when you've got chronic fatigue, you, you need to go on to, and I'm sure she's looked into this, but you need to do like a clean eating plan or a bit of a detox. This is our version of a starting starting point for that. So we've got the, the actual Healthy Habits Challenge coming up, and we also have a, a free information session about the Healthy Habits Challenge. So that's the two things coming up in... And just very quickly, you're on holidays after today for a couple of weeks, so we'll have, uh, we'll have some Peter Mullen replacements over the next fortnight. We are. We have um, David, I think, is coming next Tuesday. He'll be talking about um, thyroid. He's our, one of our thyroid specialists. And uh, Lisa will be here the week after talking about hay fever because we're at that time of year. And I get, I used to get, I get that a lot. It's, it's bypassed me this year completely. 
Okay. okay. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but I'll be, list- I'll, be- I'll be here for that in a fortnight. And we'll catch you in three weeks, Peter. Enjoy yourself sunning on a beach in Bali. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. If you'd like to catch some more information uh, or relive this very exciting podcast of health and wellbeing with Peter Mullen, it'll be on the 2 NURFM webpage. Bye tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.